Not only did the Cowboys beat the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday night, but they actually showed something versus the Eagles that has us thinking about a potential Super Bowl. Ladies and gentlemen, let's get this one started. Here we go. What is up, everyone, and welcome into ADZ Sports Dallas Primetime. I am your host, Mauricio Rodriguez, uh, streaming with you live every Sunday through Thursday night at 8 p.m. Central here on Dallas On Demand Sports Talk Network with a lot more content coming your way. Make sure that you check out adzsports.com slash Dallas. And as always, do me a favor and hit the like button for me if you enjoy the show. Welcome, everyone, on a Tuesday night. It is a fantastic night to talk some Cowboys football because we're still celebrating the Eagles' win. Uh, we're going to talk a little bit about what's next for Dallas tonight, but we're still going to focus a little bit on what happened on Sunday night. Specifically, one thing, one big takeaway that we briefly discussed last night, but we have some video today uh, that has us thinking about a potential Super Bowl, or at least, you know, to me, that was shown on tape. So I'm excited about getting into all that. We're going to get into some Jake Ferguson highlights as well, because damn, just that kid is amazing. And later on the show, towards the end of it, we are going to get into the one cool thing of the week. I happen to have a very cool thing of the week, ladies and gentlemen. So uh, we'll get into it right now. What's up, everybody? Uh, shout out to everyone who is joining us in the stream right now. We've got Katharina, Gregory, Toxic, Holly, Mark, Aaron. Uh, hope that the internet and the Wi-Fi is just doing all right right now. I don't know exactly what happened there. At the beginning of the show, I was struggling to get the live stream up. And then suddenly it showed like, oh, you've been live for 20 seconds. And I was like, wait a minute, what? So yeah, the, the important thing though is that we are here right now. And you might be thinking, always exaggerating, how did the Eagles game show that the Cowboys could be in the Super Bowl? And you might be right. But what I believe is that Dallas showed a skill to adjust and fix one of the biggest issues yet again surrounding this offense, ladies and gentlemen. And... We were in a situation where the Cowboys were in a situation where they had been whooped a little bit by Hassan Reddick, Josh Wett, and the Eagles defensive front back in week nine. I don't mean whooped as in they didn't allow the Cowboys offense to do anything, but they, they did get 25 pressures in, in that game and they got sacked. They got uh, Dak Prescott down multiple times, four off of Terrence Steele alone. And the Cowboys walk into week 14, and we talked about it earlier last week, and we were like, hey, Dallas needs to figure this part of the equation out. Do they help Terrence Steele? Do they leave him, you know, alone? And do they find a way to balance just being unpredictable but while they're helping uh, Terrence Steele? Because sometimes some teams that want to – try to help their right tackle or their left tackle, unfortunately become predictable, right? They always set the tight end to the same side or they get the running back to the same side, blah, blah, blah. 
Dallas needed to figure that part out. And one of the things that you you just listen to, oh man, what? We are on to Western New York mode. Oh no, sorry. I thought it was a little bit of a of a audio thing again. Glad it isn't. Uh, but one of the things that I think about when I look at potentially phasing the San Francisco 49ers, which let's face it, it is the boogeyman and it should be the boogeyman for the Cowboys. They're going to have to solve that because the way that I look at it is if the 49ers get going against you offensively, your best shot at bringing them down is for your offense to keep up with them. Talking specifically about the Cowboys, who in my opinion right now have the second best offense in the league. I like what the defense has done. You know, six points offensively against the the Philadelphia Eagles. I know that the Seahawks game was weird, but for the most part, this is a top three defense in the NFL, at least numerically speaking. So I look at it and I go, man, if Dallas can hold on against freaking Chase Young and Monte Sweat and all those guys, the Cowboys might have a chance even against the Niners. Listen, I don't know about who I would pick if they faced each other again, and I would have a feeling that I would lean San Francisco, especially if it's played at Levi's Stadium. But I'm just saying they might have a better chance if they're banking on the offense to get the job done. And this is where I look at the Philadelphia Eagles game, and there's so much to like from that performance. And specifically, I'm talking about the pass protection. And I've got some clips here with several examples from Sunday night's game where you could see the Cowboys just getting answers for that area of the game, helping Terrence Steele out in different type of ways, and seeing players step up to the plate and get their hands dirty in that area of work. Dak Prescott talked about it uh, after the game. He was just praising his teammates for the way that they have stepped up and have uh, shown that they've got what it takes to really get involved in that aspect and not just be pass catchers, not just be playmakers. They can also be playmakers, you know, in a way that it isn't featured in sports center top 10 type highlights, right? And that uh, that is what I want to talk about uh, tonight. So without any further ado, let's get right into it. I uh, just want to read some comments here. I see you. Uh, Holly says, we got to see your pre-show routine, Mo. Man, I, I um. Glad I wasn't singing or anything like that. Uh, Toxic says, Mo, every other head coach and offensive coordinator should be getting their appendixes uh, their appendices removed. Uh, get with the trend. Ladies and gentlemen, that might be the way. That might be the way indeed. Anyways, let's get right into it. I'm going to hit you with a first example here very quickly. And this is the CeeDee Lamb touchdown at the beginning of the game. You get CeeDee Lamb in the slot. And he's going to run sort of like a whip route. And you've got Tony Pollard in there to help Terrence Steele, who he's matched up against Hassan Reddick. Now, this is a scramble play, so it isn't like it is a very clean play. But look at Hassan Reddick there, just taken out of the play by Terrence Steele and Pollard. It doesn't look like Pollard is too involved, but that is the key. With the knowledge that Pollard is going to come to his aid, Terrence still knows that he doesn't need to overset. 
And by the way, man, just very quickly, let me just say, Jake Ferguson here is key too, because he look notice where he's lined up. It's not gonna get involved in, in pass pro, but you'll notice why it matters later. But look at this: Terence Steele doesn't need to overset. He can just get ready for the inside move, and that way, Tony Pollard, if he goes outside, can just help out. Look at where Terence Steele is positioned. His set is not as wide, and then just Pollard goes in there, helps him out. And this is just a fantastic scramble, though, by Dak Prescott. One of the first examples here that we could get to. Now, I'm going to be honest. I kind of, I think, I think I've got it. No, never mind. I was going to say that I didn't have them in order, but I do have the good old legal pad with me. So we're going to make it work. This is just one where nothing pretty is going on in terms of pass pro designs. It's just a clean-ass pocket, and I wanted to shout out the offensive line for that. Look at the Cowboys getting these work done against the Eagles' defensive front, which includes all sorts of menaces up front. Look at what Dak is working with. This is just insane, and he buys his time, knows how to maneuver the pocket, and even though it doesn't work out in this play specifically, it does. Uh, it, it is worth analyzing. Then you get Jalen Tolbert, and Mr. Jake Ferguson, or actually, yeah, this is Jake. This is Jalen and uh, Rico Dowdle getting ready to protect here. So you're kind of getting this max protection look without having anybody in the backfield. This is a third and nine situation. And CeeDee Lamb hits the Eagles with the double move. But, you know, it's a quick chip at the line of scrimmage from Talbert and Dowdle. Doesn't look like much. <clears throat> But in a third and long situation, you're giving Terencio help. And even Tyron Smith against his own Reddick. Look at Rico Dowdle. Look at Jalen Tolbert, who basically takes 91 out, out of the play. Look at that. Boom. Look at the movement that he generates. And look at what Dak Prescott is working with. Again, this was perhaps the biggest reason why you could have lost a close game to the Eagles if you didn't fix this issue. And maybe we forgot about it because the Cowboys won by 20, but it was one of the big things. We knew that the receivers could get open. We knew that Dak Prescott could challenge the Eagles secondary, but we still had some fear, or at least I had, that a game like the one that Terrence Steele had back in week nine, when he gave up 12 pressures and four sacks, could happen again. And in a minute, the game could be just turned the other way around. Uh, this one was a very specific game, though, 24 to 6 uh, at halftime. But this is what allowed you to get to that. A lot of this is what allowed you to get to that. So that matters a whole lot. Then, this is my favorite sequence. The next two plays coming up. Remember what we saw with Jake Ferguson very close to the line of scrimmage and being in a position to maybe block somebody and then not doing it at all? Well, that was maybe some conditioning, some setting up from the Cowboys going on there because look at this right here. Uh, you guys know this play. This is third and nine. And look at Jake Ferguson. He's going to bury Josh Sweat in this key play where the Cowboys move the chains. They add a flag on top of it. But look at Jake Ferguson, man, just with the violent play, uh, similar to the one that he had against the Seahawks, by the way. But he's going to just sent Josh Sweat to the ground, making life easy on Zach Martin, on Terrence Steele. Look at them. They're chilling. Terrence Steele and, and Zach Martin are chilling in this play because of Jake Ferguson. And then just Dak hits the 
the Eagles with the completion. Couple plays later, man. Couple plays later, this happens, and this is the the deep shot to Brandon Cooks. Actually, do I have that? Yes, I do have that. Look at Hassan Reddick first, right? He's not even gonna rush. And by the way, Pollard also gets involved in pass pro here, picks up the blitz through the B gap, and this allows Brandon Cooks' uh, post route to develop. And Dak Prescott is able to hit it easily. Uh, that is on a uh, second and six play, by the way. This is second and six. Look at Hazan Reddick not even rushing against Dick Ferguson, just dropping back into coverage. And Pollard, honestly, doesn't need to do much. I don't think the block is even that clean against the backer, but it still works. You're going to see it from the end zone here now. Just take a quick look right there. Hassan Reddick drops back, and then Pollard picks up the blitz. Look at it. Not a perfect block. Not even close, actually, to being a perfect block. But it still works. And Dak gets the pass in, uh, and it gives him enough time to find Brandon Cooks in the deep route. All that being said, ladies and gentlemen, not everything was perfect in this game. And I thought some people might have questioned, you know what, Mo? What about the strip fumble, right? What happened there? Did the pass pro break down or what? Not exactly. And just, I think that the process is right here too. The Cowboys are going to get two guys to help them out. But look at the coverage. Let's break this play very quickly. This is single high coverage. They are showing two safeties downfield. But they're going to rotate into single high. And look at this. CD is going to run a deep route that is actually intending to clear the safety and have his safety turn his back to Brandon Cooks, and then this is the pass pro aspect of it. Ferguson is going to chip the defensive end. You're going to get uh, the running back chip Hassan Reddick in there, and they're both going to run just underneath routes, trying to pull coverage as well. And then Brandon, isolated in man-to-man coverage, essentially is just going to run this bender-type route, which we have seen be successful with him. Now, the key aspect of it is that the safety is going to turn his back to that route because of what CD is doing, right? So look at all that attention from the safety. Dak here just gets too eager. Uh, not eager, excuse me, greedy. He wants to get to Brandon Cooks, wants the double move route to fully develop. It doesn't, and it ends up being a costly fumble. I think that the process is not exactly wrong. I think that Dak is maybe not super wrong for taking the risk. You know, worst case scenario, most times you're thinking about a sack. You're just not thinking about a strip fumble that is returned for a scoop and score. So I'm fine with all that. I I really am fine with all that. Not going to complain about it. So the Cowboys, man, I think this is a situation where we kind of might make a lot out of one game, but I'm really excited about the Cowboys having all of this in their toolbox. We talked about, or we we don't talk about it anymore, fortunately, but you think about the Jason Garrett days, and you think about the Scott Linehan days, you think about those lack of adjustments that really drove people crazy, that people were like, man, somebody goes down in that offense, in uh, you know, injured, and the Cowboys don't have an answer for it. And the Cowboys are pretty healthy right now, 
but you're still seeing the tweaks and fixes week in and week out. And for me, the biggest threat, offensively speaking, for Dallas, when it comes to the one team that really scares the crap out of us when we think about a Super Bowl run, and that is the San Francisco 49ers, if they can hold up in the trenches, I think the Cowboys can go after San Francisco's coverage. So even if you're not stopping Brock Purdy and company, you might be able to outrun them. You might be able to go tit for tat with Brock Purdy and Kyle Shanahan with the way that this offense is playing. And I mention it because that is honestly the big thing. I don't think that the Cowboys offense is going to look anywhere close to what happened in week five. And you know why I say that? It's not because of wishful thinking. It's because the offense really did change in a big way at the bye week. It's not that they're playing better doing the same old, same old. They're changing it up. They're doing three by one. They're doing this. They're doing that. And if they hold up at the line of scrimmage and they give Dak Prescott time, man, this Cowboys team, the sky is, you know, the limit for this Cowboys team. And it's very exciting to watch. Now, all that being said, I've got a couple of bonus clips for you. And these are Jake Ferguson clips. Beyond the plays where we've already seen him just be an absolute menace and block people and get dirty and all that. Uh, this is the first one that I want to get to. And this is just a, a mistake by the Eagles, by the way. How are you going to blitz? How are you going to blitz uh, Dak Prescott with seven men on a third and six? How are you going to play cover zero against them? I think that's in the words that I used for a tweet today. Egregious, not what? Outrageous, egregious, preposterous, right? Some people will get that reference for sure. Cover zero here, man, from Jake Ferguson, and uh, excuse me, for the Eagles. And look at Dak's throw. Look at Jake's catch. But not only that, uh, I actually clipped this the wrong way because I wanted the clip to show when Dak calls for Jake Ferguson. So they get up to the line of scrimmage, man. And Dak calls in the tight end. And I don't know. I, I th This is one of those things where you really can't know unless you are in the meeting room with the Cowboys. But I look at that play and I think about the Panthers game where he's calling him in to protect several other instances where he has done the same. And I think this is just like the changeup, right? I think like... Dak sees a little bit of the pressure, calls in Jake Ferguson, and maybe the Eagles thing is going to stay and protect. And then Jake just goes and does his thing. And just the jarts after the catch, man, how he gains those and how he stands up and he's super fired up about it. Super fun to watch. And then one more highlight. This is the one that is just for fun. During a Dak Prescott scramble, this is Jake Ferguson straight up having fun, man making it seem as if he's about <laughs> to catch a football, just dunking on Eagles defenders at that point, just trolling them. And look at him point to him, right? Like, got your nose. <laughs> Man, got to love Jake Ferguson, a legitimate fan favorite at this point. And uh, got to love, got to love watching 87 dominate every, every week nowadays. And the attitude that he brings, man, it's just chaotic energy play after play after play. 
Uh, I didn't clip all of them, but there are several plays where he's still like just messing with opponents and talking smack. And you can just see it on tape, even on tape, like the play ends and he's, he's run blocking and he's just putting his hands on the defender, like after the play is over. And that that's one of those things that he needs to be careful with because you don't want him to get flagged, but he's also setting the tone every single play, every single play. I see some of the comments in the chat, man. I see some of the comments in the chat. We're going to get to that. We're going to get to the one call thing here later on the show. I've got pictures. <laughs> uh, it's getting easy to him, says Chris, with Ferguson. I understand, man. I, I really, really agree with you. Toxic says all in their toolbox, and they are using the tools. Exactly. This is a Cowboys team, man, that, holy smokes, we should have known by the time that they fixed the offense in the bye week, we should have known they were going to keep looking better and better and better. And I really, really find that game extremely promising. Bayer does not want anything to do with Ferguson anymore, says Howes Nelson. They were done with him, man. They really were. Uh, but it's fun. We are enjoying it. And with that, we will move on a little bit here on the show to what is next. I think that's going to be it with the Cowboys-Eagles content. Sure as heck enjoyed that week. Sure as heck enjoyed these last couple days. Um, I know Cowboys and Eagles content creators beef on social media. I find that extremely, you know, funny and dumb. Silly, but funny. And uh, I, I've seen some of the tweets that have been out there just making fun of Eagles content creators. And I've enjoyed them for sure. But now we are on to, as Toxic Tom said earlier on the show, uh, Western New York. Because, man, oh, man, that is going to be a fun game. The Bills did beat the Kansas City Chiefs. The Bills do look scary. And here's where I have a question for y'all. I'm going to show you the remaining schedule for the Cowboys season. And you are going to tell me who scares you the most. Here's the schedule, ladies and gentlemen. Let me know in the chat. Who scares you the most of the remaining four opponents? The season is so short. Four opponents of the Cowboys. Who scares you the most? They've got the Buffalo Bills at Buffalo. Then they go to the Miami Dolphins on the road to that game. They did lose at home against Will Levis and the Titans, which was surprising to say the list on Monday Night Football. And then you travel, no, excuse me, then you host the Detroit Lions, a team that... A month ago, maybe looked much scarier than it looks now. And then you get the Washington Commanders. We know what happened last year at Washington against Sam Howell. Let me know in the chat, though, who scares you the most out of the next four teams here. I'm going to read some of your comments. Gregory says Miami. And I do think that with the Dolphins, the argument has to be Tyreek Hill, right? You got to slow down Tyreek Hill. He's banged up. He's, he's banged up, but he that's 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 kind of a, a player that will keep you up at night. I'm not going to lie. AL says none of them, so the confidence is up here for Cowboys. Mark Aaron says Buffalo after watching Miami last night. Toxic, son, uh, Toxic Tom excuse me, says it scares no one. Concerns the Bills in Buffalo. Al says Miami's overrated. Chris says Buffalo. Cam says none. So I love the energy here. Shut up and React TV says none. 
Katharina says none. Chris with the wild card. He says Washington. That would be the most chaotic result of them all. Have the Cowboys go 3-0 and then lose to the Washington Commanders. Man, let's let's knock on wood. I don't know if you guys in the United States do this, but knock on wood. And then in, Me- in, in, in Mexico, we say tocar carne de burro, which would be like touch donkey's meat or donkey's flesh. I don't know why, but that's like the full on jinx thing that we say here in Mexico. Just a fun fact for y'all. So, you know, <laughs> it's a fun fact. But uh, I think Buffalo is the right answer to that question. I think that the Bills... And I'm with Toxic. I'm not going to say scares. Uh, I'm going to say concerns. I think that's the toughest game. Good thing is that the Cowboys might have some luck weather-wise on this one. I've looked at the weather reports. I've looked at the expectations. And I know weather is weird and everything can change. But while last year, Week 15 for the Bills was the snow game against the Dolphins, I'm sure you remember that one. That's when fans were throwing snowballs at Dolphins players, and they even had to warn the stadium. And they were like, if you guys keep throwing snowballs, we're going to flag the Bills. And that was weird, but, you know, that happened in week 15 of last year. This week 15 is shaping up to be very different at Highmark Stadium. It looks like it's going to be cold, but not even really that cold. I was actually comparing, like, the the degrees to like where I live, which is nowhere near as cold as Buffalo. And I think we're going to be around at the same temperature. So I'm talking about 49 degrees Fahrenheit. Now, again, in in this uh, Mexico's theme that we have going on with the, with the cliche that I just mentioned, we use Celsius down here. So don't expect me to be exactly sure about what that means. I'm just kidding. Uh, but it is not going to be that cold. It might be windy, though. It doesn't look like it's going to rain. It doesn't look like it's going to snow during the game. But it might be windy. That part, slightly concerned. I'm not going to lie. Slowly concerned. Because I saw Josh Allen just look amazing in the rain, in a windy game against the Philadelphia Eagles. And I might have to double check on how windy it actually was in that game. But it was just extreme weather, and Josh Allen was playing quarterback as if it were Madden. He was just out there slinging the ball around, looking comfortable with the chaos that was going on around him. And I'm not sure that the Cowboys can go ahead and do that. I'm a little bit concerned about the Cowboys, if it's a very windy game, wanting to win it on the ground only while the Bills remain aggressive. That part of it slightly concerns me. Uh, But other than that, man, Josh Allen playing as one of the best quarterbacks in the league this year. It's a similar situation to Dax, honestly, last year because he's on a nine-game interception streak and a lot in the media want to just talk about that. And hey, it's fair. Josh Allen is going to throw you the football here and there, but he's actually one of the quarterbacks with the lowest turnover-worthy play ratio in the league. And he remains a player that can extend plays that can really evade the pressure. I think that the Cowboys' pass rush can beat the Bills' offensive line, but Josh Allen is just going to make some magic here and there. Now, the Bills do have this, and and I know we're not going to 
mention cutting edge analytics here. I don't I know I'm not about to say any of that, but the Bills do have this style of offense that it's one of the most efficient ones in the league and all that. But they do have this style of offense which heavily relies on Josh Allen being magical. On Josh Allen extending the plays and finding Stefan Diggs and him last week he had like this uh throw where he's turning his back toward the sideline and just floating while he makes a throw over the sideline. Just crazy stuff. But when it looks bad, holy smokes, it is bad. When things do not go their way, they look like a terrible football team. And I think it's because they don't have a lot of easy buttons in their offense. Joe Brady is finding some cool designs. He's making some things work. And I still need to see more from Joe Brady. I'm not going to lie. I like Brady. I like him. I like what he did at LSU. I think he was, you know, the scapegoat for Matt Rule when he was in Carolina. I think he's a solid offensive coordinator who could be on the rise with this second chance that he's received from Buffalo. But it's not an easy offense is what I mean. When things go wrong, they go wrong quickly for Buffalo. And if you ask me, the Cowboys defense is the kind of unit that can make them look like that. Because if you've got Josh Allen bailing from the pocket every play or every drive, then opportunities will arise for the Cowboys. And they're going to give up big plays, man. Just be ready for that. It's the Bills. It's Josh Allen. Cowboys are going to give up some big plays on that one for sure. So they're concerning up to some up to a point. Uh, the Dolphins are so weird. They lost Tyreek Hill in that game against the Titans. They didn't do much without him. He returned, but he's banged up, in my opinion. Uh, they lost Connor Williams, too. You know, former Cowboy Connor Williams. And immediately paid the price. They actually had a fumble in his nap there on Monday Night Football. Like, the drive after the backup center entered the game. And I think they can beat the Dolphins. I also think that the Dolphins are very... They put a lot of stress on you with some of their misdirection and some of their eye candy stuff. So you got to respect them. Uh, but I ironically think that the Cowboys schedule is actually one of those that I would rank them as the same as the chronological order here. So every week it's going to get slightly easier for me. You know, it's the Bills, the team that does scare me a little bit. I'm not going to lie. And then the Dolphins, they should take care of them. I don't think weather will be a factor right, in Christmas Eve in December. Then you go to Detroit, and this is a team that has slowly, slowly regressed. And I think that Jared Goff is at his worst when he's under pressure. And even with a very solid offensive line, I would expect him to be under pressure against the Cowboys. Once you get pressure on Jared Goff, man, it's over. The game's over. Jared Goff is going to make mistakes. And that's, that has been so consistent since he was with the Rams. I think that's part of the reason why uh, Sean McVay was like, nope, I don't want Jared Goff. Look at the under pressure numbers year after year. You'll see what I mean. You'll see what I mean. And then commanders, man, I know last year happened and that can happen any given Sunday in the NFL, but also very different situation, right? The Cowboys were playing for a miracle. It wasn't a win and you win the division type thing. They needed the Eagles to, I mean, they needed some weird combinations to happen. You guys remember that. So 
not like Dallas was really playing a regular season finale that mattered a whole lot. It mattered if something impossible happened, which is more or less uh, why I would expect a different result here uh, towards the, the end of the season. So anyways, ladies and gentlemen, let me see some more of your comments and then we can get to the one cool thing. Toxic uh, Toxic Tom says, Mo, Dallas can't lose the night. Jimmy goes to the ring of honor. Script writers will ensure that W. Now, that is top shelf analysis right there from Toxic Tom. I appreciate you. Uh, AL says, uh, D-line and O-line are the keys. We win on both. We win the games. And I think they can win on both. I for sure think they can win on both. Uh, Mark Aaron says, the Cowboys can beat anyone in the NFL and also lose to anyone in the NFL. I've watched too many games. I don't know about that second part anymore. I'm not going to lie. I think the Cowboys have consistently shown up this year. The one week that was the exception was, I mean, kind of the Niners, I know. But I think that the one that really sticks out is the Cardinals game. And that was when the Cowboys didn't have three of their starting offensive linemen and paid the price for it, for, for being extremely conservative as a result of that. And Mike McCarthy even admitted post-game that, that he took away the verticality of the game plan because of the O-line injuries, which happened the day before the game, some of them. Like the Tyron Smith thing was so weird. I'm sure you remember him being suited up and looking mad as heck that he was not playing. I don't think this is the same Cowboys team of old that we were like, oh man, they're not going to show up. They're not going to show up. Can they be beaten? Absolutely. The Bills are favorites, by the way, entering to week 15. So that tells you something. That, that, that tells you something the day, the week after the Cowboys beat the Eagles by 20. That gives you at least Vegas opinion. Right or jerseys? I like to say jerseys because now they rake more money, more gambling money that, than than uh, Nevada does. So New Jersey <laughs> people in New Jersey think that the Bills can pull off this one. So I'm just saying they can be beaten, but it's likely not going to be because they didn't show up. The Panthers game might have been ugly, but they showed up. It was just an ugly game with some weird stuff that made it seem as if it was close, and then it wasn't even that close. Um, so I don't think it's the same team. I'm not going to lie. Ladies and gentlemen, with all that being said, it is time for us to get, no, this one is the better one. Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for us to get into the one cool thing of the week. Let me know in the chat, what is your one cool thing of the week? For those of you who are new here. This is where you share something personal, professional, sports-related, not personal, whatever you want it to be. It's our feel-good segment of the week, and we all share some stuff in the chat. Let's see here. Mark Aaron says, I am watching the Mavs beat the on-season tournament champs. I don't know if that was the one cool thing, but it might be cool for him, and it might be cool for me, a Mavs fan. But here's mine, ladies and gentlemen. I've got my one cool thing, and that is that I am officially an uncle. Shout out to my brother. Shout out to my sister-in-law, Ale, Tito and Ale. They had their kid today. She is called Rene. 
and I use the pictures that you see right now on the screen with Rowdy and the Broncos mascot because my brother is a Denver fan. But I'm going to see if I can convince good old Rene of maybe, you know, heading to the Cowboys side of things. Maybe I can bribe her with some Cowboys game tickets. We'll see. But that is, man, that is my niece right there on the screen. And I couldn't be more excited about it. She was born today around at noon. And man, it, it was so insane. I had never carried a baby in my life. That was a first for me. And I was just freaking the F out. I was like, oh man, <laughs> best feeling ever. I'm super excited about Rene. And uh, we're happy in my family. Definitely has been a very good Tuesday. Very good Tuesday for the Rodriguez family here uh, in Chihuahua, Mexico. Let's see what you guys have to say, though, in the chat. Hey, thank you to all of your comments. I see you guys. Mo, Tio, Tio, Mauricio. This is Joe Gonzalez, which is Spanish for uncle. For those of you who maybe are lost with that. Uh, yeah, man, we're uncles. Thank you, to, uh, thank you to everybody, man. Thank you to everybody. Oh, that baby's almost as big as you. <laughs> you and your new knees can share shoes, man. Same size already. Oh, man. Shout out to everybody. <laughs> Cam is also bullying me with the size. Man, we'll see. We'll see how she turns out. Because my brother is is like me, man. He's short man committee. And uh Ale is a little bit taller than him, though. So we'll see how it all looks like when she grows up. It isn't, you know, the bar isn't too high for her to be taller than than me and my brother. So we'll see how it all shakes out. Uh, but thank you to everybody, ladies and gentlemen. Let's see some of your one cool thing though. Uh Gregory. Gregory's just bragging right now. He says, my one cool thing is the Dodgers got Otani. Shout out to Gregory, man. I kind of had mixed feelings about that. But I'm just going to say, I want to see Otani play in the World Series. And maybe the Dodgers are the best shot at it. You know, so I'm excited about that. Uh, thank you to everybody for your congratulations. I appreciate them so much. Uh, all right, ladies and gentlemen. I said the Christmas tree up says uh, Toxic Tump. Not much of a Christmas, guys. So I'm glad I'm paying for more electricity this month. <laughs> I love Christmas tree, man. I, I am a, definitely a Christmas guy, at least decoration-wise. I have a first-round buy in fantasy, says House Nelson. Didn't, didn't do great in fantasy myself. Isidro says, Mauricio, that next year, I will take the no on that. Uh, no is at a minus 500 payout, so I don't think that's happening at all. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> I'll see you guys uh, tomorrow night, 8 p.m. Central. You guys know the drill, and we will be on to the Buffalo Bills. Bidding the Eagles was fun, but it's time we started talking about the matchup ahead because, boy, it is a good one. Hit the like button for me, and I'll see you tomorrow. Thank you so much for joining me tonight. Let's talk Thursday. Bye-bye.